Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life Podcast. This is with Jimmy Dakotas. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you to FXR Racing. Jimmy D, where is FXR? As does Nicoletti, Mike Brown, Chris Kiefer down at the ranch. We're in FXR Racing. And Pulpum X30 is the code to save at FXRRacing.com. they got moto gear uh, head-to-toe. All of it. And then, of course, uh, they got some mountain bike stuff as well. They got casual wear. They got fishing stuff. If you're a big fishing guy, which I am not, they have some really cool fishing stuff. Pookie actually wears the fishing woman's shirt for like reflective out in the sun or something. I don't know. It's really neat. Check it out. Pulpamex30 is the code to save at fxrracing.com. Thank you to those guys. You know the name and uh, you know what they've done the last few years. Uh, doing a good job out there in Supercross, Motocross, and whatever else they want to do. Race Tech as well, Gold Valves, American-made, way back in the 1980s, still working, still servicing many customers, whether it's uh, uh, vintage stuff, whether it's flat track, whether it's motocross, whatever it is, racetech.com will have you dialed in, get your suspension oil changed, right, service your bike up, uh, dial your bike in with the right, right spring rate for your weight and or speed. Uh, tell them you listen to Pulp. When you do it, when you call there, they'll give you a Pulp MX Show discount uh, on the service, on the parts, whatever it is, racetech.com, super Super informative website. If you have questions about your bike, suspension-wise, chassis-wise, go to racetech.com. Look at that website. Suspension seminars are coming up, too, in the fall. Those always sell out, so uh, get some more information on that. Thank you to Racetech as well. Thank you to the folks at Namira. 15% off Dennis Kirk uh, right now. they got that going on. Uh, DennisKirk.com, 15% off their products. They've been pushing the limits of value and reliability in the world of engine components from motocross, ATV, UTV, and Personal watercraft, whether you're restoring a vintage bike, rebuilding a new 450 race motor, working on your four-wheeler, Namira has what you need. Full line of cast and forged pistons, connecting rods, gasket kits, and coming soon, engine valves and complete cylinders. Follow them on Instagram for giveaways. Big D23 company, Namira is. Uh, go check them out on Instagram. They do stuff and they give stuff away. And uh, thanks to Namira as well for coming on board. We'll tell you more about Firepower, Roost, Seat Concepts, uh, Maxis later on in the show. But for now, here's me and Jimmy D rapping about what in the hell he's been up to lately. And now, as promised, on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life, one of the FXR riders and had to catch up to him, had to figure out what the hell he's doing. Uh, he's hitting a midlife crisis pretty young. Uh, Jimmy Dakotas, what's up, Jimmy D? How are you, man? What's going on, Steve? Uh, it's good to talk to you, and uh, appreciate you having me on. No problem, man. I got a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions, dude. Um, so are you doing Unadilla? I heard you were. I am. Yep. Okay. Uh, you did a couple okay. Canadian Nationals. You came up for the WIC. Uh, like I said in the intro, Maybe you're having like a midlife crisis kind of early. Uh, you've been done for five years as, as a professional. Um, what made you want to start doing this again? And get because and, it's work, man. It's a lot of work. It's work. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. And I I like I don't envy the guys racing anymore at all. Like I I see it, man. It's so it's so hard. Right. It really is. It's everybody like that works a normal job would always be like, man. When they see me like two years ago when I was retired, like, you must be so bored. You must be hating life and missing it. And I'm like, nah, I'm not at all. I'm very happy. Like, you guys it's, should be thankful you have a job where you're safe and you don't get hurt. And pressure, right? The pressure, all of that. It yeah. is the pressure. It really is. And, like, it's it's really – it's just every day you feel it a little bit. And you see the guys on race day. Everyone's edgy. Mm -hmm. and it's just like you have to want it. You have to live, eat, breathe, sleep, want to – you got to be like Cooper or else to me, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. So you know. what, what got into you? I just wanted to do it again, but on my own terms. Okay. And I went out in 2020 with my Lyme disease so bad that this was 
kind of like, Hey, I'm healthy. I want to do this. So let's do it. But I, I've this whole time, it's never been like, remember when Christian came back, he kind of wanted to come back mm-hmm. and he was planning on it. Like I'm not doing that no matter what. <laughs> this is no, not, a, this is no not a return way. to full time. Right. There's no return to this. Um, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I had a little, I felt like dungy a little bit where I was like, I, I want to go back, but I don't want it to be full time. And yeah. I feel like this was kind of my way of going out on my terms also, because um, I know you're, you're involved in the sport, but you may not know my story that well. But in 2020, when I retired, like I disappeared, I was gone. Yeah. I just yeah. COVID came. It was a perfect time for, for me in my situation. The industry kind of forgot about me. It was like they were focused on going back racing it wasn't like, where's Jimmy? Why is Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Not? Nobody even asked that. It was kind of like, he's gone. And um, so I felt like I kind of wanted to come back on my terms and, and do it while I was healthy. And that's the other reason is I'm, I'm healthy. I did a new treatment after it was a year after I stopped racing. And now I'm like healthy again. My Lyme disease is gone. Everything's good on my health side. So it was kind of like, you know what, let's Let's give it a try. Let's do this again, but let's not get caught up in the I'm coming back. It's yeah. my job. Yeah, 2019, you got seventh overall to the DC Supercross, right? Decent showing. Yes. And, then, and then, yeah, the wheels kind of came off from there. Yeah, 2019 was like the beginning of the end. And yeah. it, it started showing a little bit because I'd have weeks where I was a podium guy with AC, Ferrandez, Moseman. Hampshire, there was a lot of guys on the coast at the time that were really good riders, and I was in there with them. And then the next week, I was beat 15th and mm-hmm. just couldn't ride. I was weak and tired, and I had a lot of up and downs like that in 2019. And then, honestly, in 2020, I was that was JGR. They were going through their, their whole mishap. They didn't know if they were mm-hmm. even going to go racing. I kind of secretly wasn't telling anyone but knew – what where i was Mm -hmm. and that was sick and in trouble and i was doing a little bit of racing and then all of a sudden jay bone was like we have a 250 opportunity for you and you're gonna fill in for three rounds on the west 450 so i was kind of like all right i'm gonna do this but i don't know how ready i am i remember the 450 now i forgot about that when we started yeah see a lot of people did and i did okay i made two out of the three mains but i wasn't i mean honestly i was fine that year was the the field was so deep. It was ridiculous. Like me and Freddie, I think were like the only two guys in the main that you probably were like, well, those guys aren't normally in the main. Like mm-hmm. Brayton was like in like buried. It was just, there was, it was very deep that year. It was a tough year to do it. Um, and I was sick. So I felt like I actually did pretty well for my situation. Um, but I did struggle with like bike setup on that 450 and getting comfortable. I was such a little guy and like, I'm not that strong. So it's, it was definitely like a, a little wake up call for mm-hmm. me. And then I got on the back on the two fifty and everything was going really good. I ended up crashing like three days before Dallas. And from there, my season was basically unraveled. My, I got sick as it, as the weeks went on. And then when we got to Daytona, uh, I had told Javon I wasn't doing good and I didn't really even want to race. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, just try, try. And after practice, I was, I pulled the plug and said, I'm, I'm done. I can't, I can't keep doing it like this. Um, so did you get a job there for a little bit? What were you doing? Obviously, we'll get into the VIP stuff that you're, you were helping yeah, yeah. guys with. But did you have a regular job? Did you go 
called JoJo after and, racing. Yeah, like uh, for those last couple of years, did you? Do- no, well, I do now, but the way it started was I basically said I'm done at Daytona. I went to me and my wife made a plan. I'm like, what am I going to do? Uh-huh. I had some money saved. She's like, let's just take time away. You're really sick. Let's just. We basically just hung out at my house in Charlotte. We made sure we had enough money for the next couple of years if I had to do that. Right. Just because I was I was really sick, like trying to like I had people. Honestly, I had a lot of companies in the industry, not a lot, but more, two or three more than I expected, reaching out to me, offering me little jobs and okay. different things to help. And Dunlop was one of them, which was cool. It was really cool with Brian um, to do that. But it was, I had all these opportunities I was getting where I had to move and I just mm-hmm. wasn't in the right mental state. I was like, I just got done racing for 10 years. Like, I'm, I'm staying at home. So I actually did a six month golf sabbatical where i golfed every day <laughs> nice. which was sick it was the best retirement ever yeah if i had done a little better or a lot better in racing i would have done i'd probably still be golfing retired <laughs> but uh i got bored and um yeah my yeah. wife jamie she had done so she had done touch-up paint on cars for about six years mm-hmm. and when i retired it was like six months into my retirement and she basically asked me she's like you want to go to work like what are you going to do and i'm like all right, I'll come. So she's like, come try the touch-up paint, see what you think. And I kind of, we just went from there, and I, I really liked it, and I, I saw the opportunity in it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know how hard dirt bikes is. I was kind of like, this is, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier than being a professional athlete and dealing with all the stress and everything yeah. that comes along with it. So I actually enjoyed the normal life of working, getting up, going to work, that whole process for a while. Um, and we did that for about two years down in Charlotte. And then I got to a point where I was like, I, I want to go home, miss my family. Yeah. I have a lot of brothers and sisters. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. So it was kind of like, now's the time where I, I want to move home. So we moved back to Massachusetts and then, well, actually we're in, we're in New Hampshire. Actually, we, we moved up a little mm, bit North. Okay. Yep. Um, so we did that and then we started our own business up here and we've basically just been rocking and rolling with that. And then while we were freezing in the winters, my wife's like, I'm bored. What are we going to do in the winters? And that like literally within a week or two of her saying that, uh, Ryan Swanberg reached out to us and he's like, hey, we think Yamaha is looking for a PR coordinator. Mm -hmm. I think Jamie would be perfect. You know, she knows all the riders. She knows the wives. She knows everyone. You know, she's outgoing. It just it'd be a perfect fit. And we thought about it. We're like, all right, let's let's do it. So she did that. And then I would just fly to some of the races with her. I'd golf and hang out. And then it kind of turned into me doing the VIP Bob, this year. Bobby Reagan, Bobby Reagan being like, what are you doing just standing here? Let, let, why don't yeah, you work? Li- li- yeah, Bob, Bobby's like, I think I know you. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm the VIP host, buddy. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, you, like Star was doing these VIP truck tours and, and, uh, and, and selling VIP stuff to meet riders and all that. It's something that a lot of teams are doing. And, yeah, you were running that. That was that was weird to see, probably for you too, right? You're like, yeah, hey, look at Eli Tomac, yay, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I I actually like I'm perfect for it because I feel like I I know all the riders well, yeah. Yeah. and and I don't have like a I don't know. I just feel like I'm okay with my situation and my career. I don't have like a big ego or anything. Sure. So like, yeah. I'm not like, oh, look at Jimmy doing the VIP. Like, it's like I actually enjoy it. I'm get to talk to 15 people who are fans of the sport you know like did everybody know who you were or there's some guys like no clue that what you did uh, no 99.9 percent, and i didn't even think that going in like we didn't even advertise me going in yeah 
I didn't even think about it. I just and and it's not necessarily I think they liked so much that it was me. I just think they loved that it was an ex racer who yeah. had knowledge. Sure. Like that's sure. that was the biggest part for them. Like we do the track walk with the riders. We're not doing the promoter track walk where you're by yourself getting yeah. herded sure. like sheep. Like it was it was very in like it felt like a VIP experience. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they were getting just like pushed around. And then obviously with Jamie working for them too, we got to travel together every weekend and it, it really was just a, a perfect fit for me. Being honest, if Jamie wasn't working, I doubt I would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> but, yeah. But and that's that was last year. Now knowing the situation and being comfortable and learning the whole situation of it. Now it's something I, I would do in the future. But like at first, like when I retired, I was like, I'm never working in the industry. I yeah. don't want to do it. Oh, that's it's just that's ridiculous. You're you're too outgoing, popular of a guy to say that. You know? But that's just how I felt <laughs> yeah. because I, I think because I was so burnt and sure. sick and over it, you know, and, yeah. and you know how it goes when you're going every, even this year, by the end of the VIP, like <laughs> by the 17th round, like I didn't care what place somebody got in that race. Like I was burnt. <laughs> I see, like, I used to like, I used to bust you guys' balls. Like, cause everyone's like, Oh, somebody won a heat race. Cool. And I'm like, man, nobody gets excited anymore. Like, where's the excitement? Like yeah, this guy yeah. just achieved a career milestone. Yeah. And then I'm there 17 weeks in. I'm like, they're like, Oh, we won the main. I'm like, ah, oh, that's cool. I, I got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it definitely, <laughs> yeah, you do get jaded. Absolutely. You get a little jaded. You do. It yep. sucks. Yep. It really sucks. Especially when you're a big fan of the sport. Like it's, it's hard. It's a lot of racing every no. weekend travel. It's, uh, you uh, also Dylan and Eli, two guys who are, not that sociable. Take it pretty seriously. That might that had to have been a little bit of a of a tough go. And to... I thought it it would be, but Dylan was incredible. Was he? Okay, he was, good. Uh, yeah. he, he was hurt a lot, so he missed a lot of the rounds. But man, Dylan was incredible. Like oh, he good. was so outgoing, and just like I remember being like, "All right, Dylan, you're, you're ten minutes up. Like you can leave." And like I walk back in the semi, he's still talking to the VIPs five oh, minutes later. Oh, that's good. I'm like, yeah. wow. And like, I just, Dylan's always been quiet with me because he's a competitor. He's, he yeah. competes. So like, and then this year with me being around not racing, he's, he was so friendly to me. I was oh, like, good. really cool to see. Like, yeah. And I feel like everyone, we kind of talked about that too, like at the races. I feel like everyone's like that with me this year because I'm not a competitor anymore. I'm just mm-hmm. there hanging out. At Southwick, I was, but I'm still yeah. not really. Like, everyone's laughing at me on the gate. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't give a shit. Let's talk about the Lyme disease. First of all, did you tell Phil yeah. that you're you're better? Because Phil, you know. Yeah, oh, he knows. Okay. He knows. Because Phil was always an asshole about your Lyme disease. Oh, yeah. You know. Uh, I was in my head. No, he just, <laughs> Phil's just, Phil doesn't take shit, and he, he pushes people to where <laughs> he knows, like, yeah. he's going to get the best out of you. He's just a ball buster. He, he's, he'd be like. Yeah, Jimmy, we got it. You got Lyme disease. I'd be like, Phil, you're such an asshole. Like he, like Lyme disease is serious. Fuck off. Like, yeah. And he would just laugh. But that's, like, yeah. but that's the only way you can take life. Everybody, <laughs> no. we all got a joke about, it, right? No, for sure. And in the end of the day, he's. He, I'm sure he sent you some nice texts and did talk to exactly. Serious, Phil's seriously a really about it. Guy. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, he does. So, uh, I, as I understood it, and again, not an expert in this at all, it just goes into remission, or does it disappear? So no, it. it Technically, by the government, CDC, it, it can only go into remission. You cannot get rid of it. Okay. Um, but what I have and what I've done now, I actually have got rid of it out of my body. And okay. there's been multiple other people. Um, so what they're doing now and where I did it was down in Georgia. But it's called the uh, Supportive 
oglionucleotide therapy. Okay. And it's hard for me to really explain everything um, into detail. I tell people to just message me on Instagram, and then mm-hmm. I send them a link, and it gives you the whole detail of it. But it basically works. They found they found it with hepatitis C. They learned how to turn off hepatitis C with it. Mm-hmm. They use it for cancer now. They're using it for Lyme. But what they do is they take your blood, they send it to Greece, they find the bacteria, whether for some people it's cancer, it's Lyme, it yep, could be whatever it is. It could be yeah. Epstein Barr, it could be anything you want. Whatever is the most dominant bacteria virus in your body, it finds the sequence of that. Then they take the mRNA shot, they inject you with it. But they take the sequence and they they mess up one strand of it so that when that bacteria goes to replicate, mm-hmm. it basically it stops the sequence from happening. It's like the same thing if a girl's taking birth control and you try to make a baby. It stops the sequence from happening. So that's what it does to the Lyme. And then it stops the Lyme from reproducing. And Lyme has to reproduce every 80 days. So once it stops it from reproducing, it basically within 80 days, that cell will die mm. and that bacteria will die. And that's what I that's what I did. But then you have to detox all the dead lime out of you. It's yeah. a whole process of, of crazy, crazy stuff. But they showed me every two months I'm doing blood work and uh-huh. my lime number. Like the CDC can will say, hey, you're lime positive. And for them to say that, it, you really have to have a high blood test. And they said that for mine. And then by the end, it was negative. Like I'm CDC negative now. Okay. And so who told you about this or how'd you find out about it? Was it just research? Uh, or- two, two people on Instagram messaged me within like an hour of each other. Oh. Um, I basically said, I put my post out, I'm retiring. Yeah. Um, like the Lyme has just overcome my body. I can't keep doing this. I have to get healthy. If anyone has any <laughs> any other options, let me know. And I posted like all the stuff I tried. I did. I did everything you could basically try. My next option was to go to Germany and mm-hmm. they heat your body up. It's like a hypothermia treatment. They heat your body up to like a certain degree and then they pump you with antibiotics. It's like super risky. And like I was basically at the point where I would do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's just how you get get you, you get with it. And um, I did that on Instagram. I put the post out and then two people within the hour sent me the SOT and they were like, just look into the science of it. And mm-hmm. they weren't like – this is going to save your life. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, Hey, check this out. Tell me what you think. And What's SOT? Reading. What's SOT? It, uh, supportive oglionucleotide. Therapy. Oh, okay. So that's the name of the therapy. Got it. Okay. That's the, yeah, yeah. it's an SO. It's just an injection that they do. Uh, it's an MRNA shot. It's an injection that they do. Um, wow. So, it, so yeah, it's you, pretty, pr- really cool technology. So you've probably helped others than people who have messaged you. I'm sure yes. that's awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of people. And especially in the, in the motocross industry, um, not in the professional level, yeah. but just the local level. And is it hard honestly, to get I, into that therapy? Like do you have to jump through hoops or like, you know what there's I mean? A, no, no, you can yeah. just message a center and, uh, the center I went to in Georgia is the Genesis center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like one of the first ones to do it in America. But I tell people all the time, they're the most expensive and they're a little bit, like they take a long time because they have so many clients. Mm-hmm. So I always tell everyone if you need to go, because there is centers all over the country and the SOT treatment is the same at every center that goes to Greece. Greece does it. They send you the injection. You you and they, then the center injects you with the SOT. So there's no special thing. Yeah. Any, the SOT is the same from everyone. It's just the Genesis center has the best aftercare treatment. I mean, some of their patients go through candida. I found out I had West Nile virus. I had Rocky Mountain spotted fever. I had all this cr- crazy stuff going on. Like I remember one day I was just got off the golf course and it was like a month ago, be- be- a month before that I got blood work done. Mm-hmm. I get a phone call and it says CDC. I'm like, 
and like you know me, yeah. my Instagram nerd, I'm like the conspiracy theorist guy. So I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, I'm going down right now. I shouldn't have posted all that stuff. Like, yeah. So I I answer it. They're like, is this James Dakota? So I'm like, yes. Yeah. And I'm like freaked out. Yeah, freaked out. Yeah. And they're like, you have West Nile virus. That's all they say. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm like, am I gonna die? And they're like, we can't answer that. You have to talk to your doctor. I'm like, well. They're like, but your doctor doesn't have the blood work. We got it first. We just have to alert you that you have it. That's mm. just our protocol because you're someone in the country that has West Nile virus. I'm like, what is going on right now? And then like, they're like, just da da da. Call your doctor. So I called my doctor, and then he explained everything. Um, but it was basically just a co-infection that I had been living with for however long yeah. in in my body. I just didn't know about it. What's it like? riding a dirt bike and having energy and feeling good and all of God, that it's, like it's so it's so nice like i was so tired at Southwick, dude the first 250 <laughs> moto they crossed the line at like i don't even know 29 something yeah e- either way we yeah. went and i almost got lapped like i was like 44 seconds from getting lapped or like 48 seconds mm-hmm. so i was one of the longest guys on the track in that first moto and it was like 37 and a half minutes and i remember getting back to the rig and i'm like i'm so tired and I was just like, but I feel normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm can like, imagine. This is sweet. Yeah. Like, because I was done. I, I was smoked, but I'm like, yeah. I don't feel like sick and just like, oh, I just, it was the yeah. craziest feeling. Like, and I don't know. It was just like, I was just thankful. I'm like, this is so cool to feel again. Yeah. That's awesome. Really, really. Even, good to even hear. Jamie, I have to cut her because like everyone knows, like, I always had the speed, but my fitness. Yeah. So like, I yep. think everyone seeing me do that moto, they were kind of like, like wow. even Jamie, she's like, you don't think you'd ever go back ever again, huh? I'm like, no, I'm never going back. <laughs> I lost, I lost twenty bucks on you. Uh, I know, yeah. I know. yeah really. Everyone was like, he's a seventeen. I'm not touching him. I'm like, yeah, a seventeen handicap. I was confident that like, if you guys had me at a twelve yeah. or like a four, or maybe eleven, I was like, mm, Dude, I don't know. You tied for your best ever overall outdoor. I don't know after why five I years I off, Jimmy it, D. <laughs> but I just thought I could all like leading into it. I'm like, I, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get. That's that. Like I knew I could get points both motos, so I was like, "Yeah." No. And you know what it is too. I've been riding with some of the dudes that are scoring points, mm-hmm. and I'm better and just as good as them. And I yep. feel like, okay, I kind of had a little guideline. I'm like, all right, it's Southwick. I'm I qualified good out of the B group. I know where I'm going to start. Like even my start wasn't good. I those guys out jumped me by a mile, and they pulled me up the hill. But I was just next to the box. I was mm-hmm. in the middle of the pack. I came out like eighth or twelfth or somewhere in the yeah. top, like eight through twelve. And I'm like, that's right where I needed to be. So, so like I kind of just set myself up for it, and then just kind of made it happen. Yeah, I know it's great. Let's get into that a little bit. FXR Racing, Race Tech Suspension, Privateer Island Life with Jimmy D. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's back racing. Uh, also, thank you to the folks at Zools. Firepower, Roost, Seat Concepts, uh, Namira, and Maxis all on board of this podcast as well. So you're doing the VIP thing. You're feeling yep. better. What? And then are you just like, hey, I'm going to race Southwick in Unadilla. Uh, I'm going to do Canadian stuff. Like, you're, you, you know, you wrote, showed up on a 125 in Quebec. You're going to ride a 125 this week in Unadilla. Um, yep. Was this all part of the plan? Or was like, hey, Southwick went well. Let's keep rolling? Uh, so DeChambeau was not a part of the plan okay i did that because sandalee sucks so bad okay yeah you 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 um, you, you wrote a 250f at sandalee right yeah so i think what what happened with my 250f was the second moto at southwick with like four minutes to go i thought it was losing a little bit of power yep and uh i just kind of i like mentioned it after but we're like dude the bike was so hot like of course it's losing a little power mm-hmm. 
but they've been my engine guy said we've been having uh exhaust springs break on those the valve yep yeah i believe on those and he said it'll run it'll just be underpowered for a while and the way i thought about it i'm like man even in canada the first practice like it was deep but i was like i just didn't yeah, feel yeah. like yeah. right and then it ended up blowing up so i'm like i should have probably used my practice engine for that weekend knowing what it went through at southwick but i just didn't I just half-assed it because it's yeah. not my job. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I should have just switched an engine. Um, so that that kind of sucked on that because I felt like I was like, I just wasted a trip in Canada. So that was why I was like, I'm I'm doing DeChambeau. But uh, Southwick, Sandalee, and Unadilla were all planned. Okay, oh, awesome. And, yeah. they, and that started probably, I would say like Southwick last year, maybe like a month before Southwick last year, I started uh, riding a good amount. I was having fun. And then I did the racer X show and I said I was going to race. And then from there, I was kind of, like, <laughs> you were in. Yeah. I, I knew I wanted to do it and I was pretty much in, but I wasn't a hundred percent. in. then when I said that, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Are you, so, um, it's nice though. I, I imagine to get up and, and, you know, train, ride, have a bit of a goal, but yet, you know, your, your career isn't depending on this, right? It's just a motivator. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's how I felt last year doing it. Mm-hmm. I had a blast. I picked one day a week. I'd go ride with uh, Harrington, Canning, Coquinos, all the up-and-coming New England guys. We'd yep. all do motos together. And then the other four days of the week, I was working. And then on one day of the weekend, I would race. So I'd ride two days a week. The problem with this year was, because with the touch-up pain, I do it four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Okay. And I have freedom to change my days if, if like we have certain, like we have Mercedes and BMW and all these accounts that we go to once a week. So if I jam pack one day in and do a 10 hour day, I can maybe take Thursday off because I got those accounts serviced. Um, so I would try to do that, but it came down to this year. I was like, I'm not having fun doing this because I know what it takes to go out and get a 12th at Southwick and get a result like I did. So I'm like cutting corners on the dirt bike i'm not riding enough i'm not training enough but i'm still thinking i'm going to do what i need to do so it more turned into like a job again this year mixed in with my business and i was just like this sucks like i remember after Southwick, i was like i don't even want to do sandily i don't want to do unadilla like i'm just done and then i took a couple days off and i was like all right i'm fine i'm gonna finish out the year (laughs) but it just ended up being a burden for me where like last year i didn't have Southwick, so i didn't have that race that i was chasing Mm -hmm. so it was like i just rode i had fun i enjoyed it where this year i kind of took it a little serious and then there were days i'm at work like i worked three days a week and i'm like how the hell am i gonna race a national in a month (laughs) i'm literally working three days a week yeah doing the vip on i fly friday work saturday fly home sunday i'm like i'm like how how am i gonna do this so like that part of it got a little frustrating and like i felt like some like anxiety through that but I just, I just learned. I'm like, I can only control what I can control. And yeah. if I go get last, nobody gives a shit, anyways. Even if I win, it doesn't matter. I'm like, this isn't my, this isn't my job anymore. And I just had to keep telling myself that. Yeah, yeah. And then I had to keep telling myself too that I'm thankful I get to do this. I get to leave work and go ride, mm-hmm. or I get to take a day off and go ride. Like, I need to be thankful for that. And once I started doing that, I started enjoying it more <laughs> while working. It's funny you took so much time off, and again, like you, you know, you had a good gate pick from being an unseated in Southwick, but still, that regardless of the good gate pick, 
you tied your career best MX finish. Uh, yeah, after, after all, it's just nuts. I mean, you've always been better at Supercross. You look at your results, right? It's always it's obvious yeah, that Supercross was better. better. But to do that after so much time off is pretty impressive. And the, it's not like the field on the 250 side is, is weak. It, it's, it's still stacked full of factory guys. You know, yeah, so. and I was in there with those guys too. Like it was uh, yeah. oh, Hawkins, me, and Swole. Swole had a couple crashes. He had a rough yeah. one, but yeah. me and Hawkins were duking. And uh, and he's probably Swole. like, "Who the hell is Dakotas?" Like, dude, yeah, he's probably like, <laughs> "Dude, like what?" So like that was for tenth. I mean, I was right on Hawkins on the last mm-hmm. lap for tenth, and Swole ended up getting me in the last turn and ended up getting twelfth. And I was telling my mechanic, "I'm like, what did I get? Like fifteenth? He's like, that was for tenth. Oh, like, you yeah. didn't tell me what place I was in." <laughs> I honestly, I didn't have enough. I wasn't getting Hawkins even if it was for first. Like I was, I gave everything I had in that first moto. Yeah. And Swole, Swole was just faster than us. Like he closed up like three seconds a lap the yeah. last three laps on me. So like, I kind of knew he was coming. Sure. So when I got twelfth, I was like, all right, that's good. And then the second moto, I felt like the seventeen was okay. I just, I didn't have any juice. I was done. We went out to dinner the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Seth, AP, and Swanee, yeah. and I was telling my plan, I'm like, I just want to have two good motos, score points, both motos. Swanee's like, don't do that. He's like, go out in the first moto and blow it all. He's like, who gives a shit about the second moto? He's like, go have, go do as best as you can, leave it all out there. I'm like, that's, and that's what I did. Yeah. And the second yeah. moto, I didn't have enough, but if I saved it for both motos, I probably would have went like 17, 17. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Like, yeah. I still yeah. wouldn't have had enough in the second moto to push. Right, you're still burning energy, so like it was just a good plan that he told me. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing that." <laughs> so, uh, the only regret on the whole day was not getting Hawkins for tenth. If that was a P10, that would have been yeah, super super cool. That's that would have been pretty awesome. Still, a, still a nice a nice yeah. show up for sure. And yeah, you cost me money, and I, I was yeah, never going to. I'm sure you didn't take. No, me. I was never going to pick you, Jimmy D. No way. I was telling people no. Benny Bloss was so mad at me. Benny's like, "I'm picking Jimmy D." I'm like, "Dude." He's never been that good of an outdoor guy. He, he's been gone for three years. Like, no yeah, way. There's just not Southwick. And, and then at the end of the day, he texts me your overall with just like an 1,800 angry red faces. And I'm like, sorry, Benny. <laughs> yeah, my bad. But, but, uh, but no, you absolutely crushed it. Um, so you show up at Deschambault on a 125 up in Canada. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you, did you have you enjoyed your two Canadian nationals? You, I mean, you raced there a bunch. Um, you know, you like the series, all that. Did you enjoy going back up there? Yeah, I loved it. The The racing at Sandley obviously sucked because I blew up, but uh, my wife, Jamie, her aunt and uncle came up. We rented an Airbnb. Um, so Jamie worked Millville, but she flew out Saturday night after the race, mm-hmm. went to Toronto, then she got a hotel in Toronto, then flew to Ottawa in the morning. So she showed up Sunday. So when I DNF up the first moto, she was like, damn, I just came all the way here for this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, honey, right. you yeah. did. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but her aunt and uncle were there. So we went back. We hung out. We seen we uh, actually went to Kevin's for dinner. Oh, cool! On yeah. Monday night, um, got to see them, so that that was really nice. And then Tuesday we drove home, so like we kind of made the yeah, Sandley yeah. trip like a like a family trip, which was nice. I'm sure all those and guys then, were really stoked to see you too. Like all the they they were. It was it was really fun. I think uh, when I was on the 250F, it was like everyone was a little serious though because they're they're in, they're in a championship. But when I showed up on the 125, everybody's like. All right, let's yeah. go. Well, dude, fifth though on a one twenty five. Yeah, that was solid. That's like, I good. Was actually yeah, really happy with that moto because I knew Quint, like Quint and those guys are really good. So I was, and I knew I wasn't going to touch Ryder, yeah, Harrison, Benoit, or Natsuki. Like I just on my two fifty F, 
they might be me. Like yeah. those dudes are roll, like they probably yeah. they're probably beating me right now. For they're sure. flying up there right now. Like I'm confident all those dudes could probably top ten a national the way they're if they ride like they do up there, you yeah. know. Um, because those four guys are really, really riding good up there. So like I knew those guys were out of the picture. So like to be the, the next guy, was, yeah, yeah. The fifth was was literally a first place. <laughs> I th- I think the one twenty five is you know we just saw those guys at Washugo, right? They all rode uh, the two stroke challenge thing. Yep. I think the one twenty five is even more of a disadvantage though than the two fifty. It's worse. Uh, yeah, yeah the it's two worse. Two stroke. <laughs> It has so much torque. You you don't have to clutch it and like ride it like a two stroke. You can let it grunt and like use the power. Like the the biggest thing with the one twenty five that I find is you just have to be perfect. Like you can't yeah. Yeah. you can't even off balance in the turn or else you lose a half a second. Like that's the that's the fun part of that bike for me is like it's always a challenge. I think that's why I actually like if I wasn't on that bike, I probably would skip all these races because i'm like the, the 125 has made it fun for me again to where yeah. i'm like oh, i want to go ride where like the 250f i felt like i'm like this is a job <laughs> like i joke with jamie i'm like we might as well do world supercross at least i'd be making money and risking my life yeah yeah really right <laughs> no but if you do <laughs> but, the 120 you're doing 125 at unadilla right too yeah yeah so like yeah it's just it's it's no pressure it's fun everyone they, they were all it, joking you know. too even my mechanic so i i had pete uh McPhail, who worked for me when I was on Kev's team, mm-hmm. I called him and asked if he would he would work for me. And he's big Yamaha guy. He's like, I don't know if I could put that shirt on. Talking <laughs> <laughs> about the KTM shirt, but uh, he um, he was really awesome. We had we had so so much fun up there. So like getting to work with him again was mm-hmm. was really cool. Made it worth it. And so he was even joking with me. He's like, I think you should. I told him on Tuesday, I'm coming to race. He's like, I think you should race premix. I don't know if racing MX2 is a good idea. <laughs> You're not driving all the way to do premix to win a hundred dollars. I mean, let's face yeah, it. and do a twelve plus two. And like that's the that was the other thing is I'm like I'm trying to get fit. Yeah, I said I'm either doing premix and MX2 yeah. or I'm only doing MX2. There's no way I'm doing just premix. So like, how? How perfect on 125 against those against those guys do you have to be? Like, how hard was it? Or, you know, uh, Deschambeau is kind of sandy. It's kind of hilly, right? Um, yeah. It's not a great track for 125. So is, were you noticing just just outside everywhere, basically? Yeah, a little bit, too. I noticed – I think my biggest problem that I'm, I'm struggling with on the 125 is, like, I have to rev it a lot. Um, the, like, my bike right now, it has a little bit – and some of the – uh ktms have it a little bit like on the bottom end there's like that little it's just a little late Mm -hmm. on that bottom end so i feel like i have to ride it really really hard my honda my old honda was the same way Mm -hmm. it could be just a two-stroke 125 thing like you really got to keep those revs up so i feel like that's the hardest part about it like when i get a little tired i can't just oh i'm gonna go around the outside and just bull on the four stroke and Mm -hmm. just save time and and just just cruise and like relax like on that there's none of that so it's like it's constantly of of like i have to be focused 100 percent of the time and, and i think that's what makes it so cool to ride it's funny though but yeah you, it was hard you sure. go back and you watch lampson and henry dude they look like they're going so slow they know, look like they're they going moving they were hauling ass i know and it's just like you go watch youtube you're like really that's what Lampson yep. looked like because I was I was mechanicing when Lampson was king, and yeah, he was he was bad dude, and I was just like it's, the speeds are so much faster now with yeah. the Porsche. No, it really, really is. You want to talk about I, injuries? I yeah, the, yeah. You want to talk about I, injuries? I, I say it all the time. Like these guys can go to a dealership, they can buy a four fifty, they can come out of a turn in second gear and not even hit the clutch and jump a ninety foot jump. Yeah, like, 
yep. after they dabbed three times and made four mistakes. Like, <laughs> yeah. On a 125, you're back down shifting to first. Yeah. And then you, you got to roll the thing. Like, yeah. No, I, I think it's, I, remember, I think for the professionals, Steve, like in Supercross, the four strokes safer. We can jump things, we have response yeah. time, everything about it is better. But for the average amateur guy that's going to just buy a bike and go to Paula, they should be on two strokes. Yeah. Like it's just safer, yeah. it's better. It's, yeah, I mean, just think about hitting the ground at 40 and hitting the ground at 20. Yeah. It's, it's just and all, all that weight transfer on the, on the 250Fs and the 450s. Like yeah. there's just so much inertia on them. It's just different. Dude, I remember when I started as a mechanic, like if you could jump both triples on a 125 and supercross, you were pretty that, much going to podium. That's so, the, that's what the stupid double at DeChambeau reminded me of. I'm like, this is what these dudes felt in the 125 class when they had to jump the triples. Like, yeah, yeah. I have to do this triple or I'm basically so, getting smoked. Did you do that every lap? I did it. Most, most times? I didn't do it in the free practice. I did it on both my fast laps in practice. Yeah. Um, and then in the moto, I did it. The first moto, I probably did it 80% of the time. Yeah, yeah. And then there was someone down, so there was a caution, like four laps in a row. Uh-huh. So I didn't jump at any of those. And then the last two laps, I didn't jump it. And Quinn caught me like – and he actually – I looked. He did his best lap with like two to go. And I did one of my worst. But he caught me so much those laps. I didn't do the double. I was like – I'm like second moto. I have to do it and every so, lap. There's no way. Is that fourth or is it fifth? What it's That was fourth on that thing. So fourth, I would hit okay. the turn in second, grab yeah. third, and then I would grab fourth as I went off the drop-off. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. But it's like yeah. – I was just sometimes it would land and it wouldn't be crispy. Like it would just be like, like it would just have that late response. And I'm just like, you have to go for it. You can't back out. <laughs> no, no. That, that. And it's just, and I'm watching these kids on 250Fs case it and grenade themselves. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be hitting this jump right now. <laughs> Jeez. Even, even Pete was like, you don't need to hit that jump. I'm like, Pete, if we don't hit that jump, like I am yeah. not competing. Like it's that. And the way they made it this year, they made it safer technically by pushing it in. But they made it. If you roll it, you you lose like three seconds. There was like ruts in the middle of it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was really disadvantaged to roll it. So I was kind of like, I can't believe I have to hit this jump right now. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw. Did you put on your Instagram? Somebody put on Instagram you doing it. Uh, I saw. Yeah, uh, I think Gall or um, who did uh, MXP Mag did and Direct put on. Yeah, it yeah, Direct. I think is what I saw it on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I, and I was thinking to myself, fuck, that's big on a 125. Like, that's, yeah. Well, they told me a super mini hit it during the ECAN. Really? I guess it was, like, a little bit harder pack and, like, dried out. Wow. But, yeah, they okay. said a super mini hit it once. And I was like, that's all I need to hear. <laughs> You're like, in. But in. Yeah. Before the before the practice, I'm over at Gainers. I'm like, can you, are you going to jump it in pre-mix? And they're like, no, nah, he's not jumping it. His dad was like, no way is he jumping that on the 125. <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Yeah. I'm like, I got to hit it. You're like, ah, oh, damn it. No, no. Yeah, now you're in. Um, I, I mean, I almost didn't hit it. Like, I was pretty much, like, even before time qualifying, I hadn't hit it yet. And I was like, yeah. I was just like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, by the way, I want before we get too far into this, thank you to folks at Firepower Parts. Uh, they make oil now. They make featherweight lithium batteries. Chains made in Japan. Privateer proven. Firepowerparts.com. Uh, Gopher Dunes <laughs> Honda guys running Firepower Parts and, and PRMX and a lot of privateer teams running Firepower Parts. Thank you to those guys. Check it out at your local dealer or at firepowerparts.com. Also, Seat Concepts. Thank you to the guys at Seat Concepts. Uh, you can uh, use code PULPAMX23 to save. Off-road, on-road, uh, Seat Concepts offers a wide variety of seat options from stylish replacement covers to complete seats, as well as various height and width profiles. And uh, each seat incorporates a proprietary form formulation and designed to provide unmatched support 
and impact dampening to the rider. Pulpamex 23 is the code to save. Seatconcepts.com. Jimmy D here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island. Speaking of FXR, uh, when you hit Brad or Andy up for gear, were they like, what the hell? What the hell do you want gear for? <laughs> they, they, they knew about this for a while. Okay. I, uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, I talked to them last year when I was f- f- figuring out doing it and stuff. So they, they've known for a while. They've been waiting for the announcement. Um, but they were a big part of this, too. They 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 were really cool about it. And, you know, I showed them my schedule because I did a lot of local racing, too. And they were uh, they were really happy on on that mm-hmm. almost more than the like they, they feel like me racing locally brings as much exposure as me doing nationals and getting 15th. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. So well, I felt like it was cool that I got to race a bunch locally this year. Um, it was just like, uh, I just had like a good fun year of racing. That was like really cool. And I, I really owe it to, to Andy and Brad and Milt and, and the people like I, if you notice, I try to stick to people who've always been with me and yeah. they've been with me since forever. Like I got, I went there, got their first overall win Canada, their first overall or their first podium in Supercross. Was it really, so huh? Did you really? For a oh, while. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, when Kev Kev brought me up there in mm-hmm. 2015, and I was a wild card. That's that's what really when I was like bad outdoor Jimmy. Like <laughs> on Geico, a lot of people forget, but even before I went to JJR and Geico, I had a couple. Uh, I had an 11th at Glen Helen, a couple 12s, 14s at Colorado. I had some okay rides, nothing mm-hmm. like incredible in for Geico standards, but I had some some decent results at that time. Um. Okay. Uh Hey. So what I was going to ask you was. You know, obviously NESC, um, just a legendary circuit. Can you can you go back to doing that uh, on weekends and making money and dominating the pro class or racing canning or I don't canning does J days now I guess, but like, yeah. can you? Is this is this maybe something you're gonna do? Is just you know be a Pat Barton and win all this money for all these years? No, probably not. Our 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 business we do we do well financially. If I put my head down and do that and okay. don't race national yeah yeah okay <laughs> and actually focus my days on that so that if i'm going to race it's going to be just for fun i don't think i ever want to feel like oh i have to go race this weekend to make this thousand dollars like i don't ever want that like pressure on me to do it even though it's not pressure it's just more like i always want dirt biking to be fun and to be honest in new england it's it's not that easy okay yeah yeah <laughs> um like you can show up and you got harrington you got canning you got coquinos you got all these dudes that Murdoch that are scoring points at nationals. You're like, this isn't Luke Renslin shows up. Like he showed up at a Southwick race a couple months ago. I'm like, dude, these guys never make it easy on me. Okay. So yeah. So what, <laughs> um, we have something you have to really work at to, to I'd, yeah. Yeah. To actually do it. And it would be fun. And like, I'll do like vet classes and stuff, but I don't think I want to chase it. And, and to be honest, Steve, like our motocross series up here, NESC is not thriving right now. Mm-hmm. We are the we're being dominated by J Day and off road racing and different series that are just innovative and changing the game and doing cool things and they're yeah. kind of stuck in their ways a little bit um, with our Smoto series here. So I don't know. Like I was, I've talked to my wife about like wanting to do a series or something up here and make it big for the kids. Like it's so hard in New England to get exposure, even if you're flying, nobody sees you. You're you're, you're off in the Northeast. It's like. I remember I got no sponsors, no exposure until I went to California and started training with Rhino. And then the gear guy saw me at the practice tracks at, at, at Milestone. I started getting free gear, free helmets, free goggles. I'm like, where did 
I'm like, I've been hitting you guys up for years and nobody <laughs> gets back to me, but it's like, you're not there. You're not in their face. Right, so like, right. I feel like new England's a tough, a tough place. So like maybe in the future, that's something I'd want to do. But I also see people doing promoter and the promoters doing races. And I'm like, nah, bro, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, stressful. That's, yeah, it, it really is. Right. Um, but I just want to help the community here. I feel like they need it. And I feel like I'm in a position where I could. So I don't know whether it's working with the series or doing something new. It's just something I think about in the future. You talk about those J days doing well. And I've heard that like, obviously like web got start money, right. To go to a J. Day. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is nuts. Uh, the MX sports guys are just pro they're, they're raking in the cash at these GNCCs, And it's because of the greedy promoters and motocross, uh, uh, separating all the classes to get more entries to have, give you four laps. Uh, yeah. you can show up at a, at a J day or a GNCC show up, Ride ten, ride from ten to twelve, and go home. You know, like you're done, you're, I, I everything's time. Yeah, at, at J Day, if I want to, I can. My moto's at twelve twenty and four twenty. I show up at eleven. I take my e bike, rip the track real quick. See the layout. It's only a five minute on mm -hmm. a dirt bike. Takes twelve on a bicycle. Rip the layout. All of a sudden, I suit up. I race at twelve. I race at four. I'm home eating dinner with my wife at six yeah. six thirty seven. Yeah, I, if I, I go I, to an NESC race, I'm leaving the house at five in the morning. I'm getting there <laughs> at seven. Just to sign up, practices at eight thirty. I don't know when my motos are. Yeah, they have like right now. They have like a twenty-five plus, thirty plus, thirty-five, forty, yeah. forty-five, fifty. I'm like, dude. Yeah, ambulance goes, so and then now you're classes. waiting. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just. I think I think if you did motocross like off-road, where you structured the pro motos to go off at noon and two or noon and three, and and then the other schedule, the kids go in the morning and the adults go in the afternoon. They can do it somewhere where it, it works better for the families and financial. Like there's so much they can do. And I just feel like no one's innovative in motocross. They're just like stuck in their same old ways. They have, like you said, 30 classes, but there's only four guys in each class. It's like, yeah. what, what, what are we doing here? There's no excitement here. And then you go to a J day and there's thousands of people lining yeah. the fence, people cheering for you. It's like, okay, this yeah. is a race. Yeah, GNCC, just nuts, I guess, you know, entries and, and everything else, popularity. And that's, that's how Canada was this weekend at DeChambeau. They were, I felt like it was a U.S. national. It was jammed. Well, that's that's Quebec, too. Quebec people love motorsports. Is it? Yeah. They do. Um, someone was telling me in Manitoba, which you're familiar with, uh, yep. they practice on Saturdays now, and so you have to go Saturday, and you have to camp or get a hotel, and then there's like a warm-up lap on Sunday, and then it's all the races. Like, this is a – now it's a two-day commitment to go to racing if you're a family. Yeah. You know, like, wow. Yeah, that's, that's brutal. I know. They shouldn't so, be doing that. No, no, I feel like – Like, they could do the kids in the morning, and then the kids are done, and then the dad gets to race, the kids get to play and with yeah. the dirt bikes. Like, yeah. there's so much they can do. It's just people got to partner together and, and – and do it and like you said everyone's greedy nobody puts up a pro purse so then no pros come so then no fans come yeah and it's like and, it's oh, a cycle what, what yeah. and honestly it's a tough sport like you know that too yeah you can no. do all this and then it rains and or like, you can do all that and a guy lands on you who du doubles yeah. you know while you single yeah. because there's a flag out and a guy doubles and lands on your head yeah you know like it, it's it's also unsafe so you look at exactly. these numbers of of races and struggling and you can kind of see why you, know? you see why absolutely the bikes are 12 grand it's, yeah. it's a tough tough sport yeah no and, and when i heard what webb got for those j days i'm like what to just ride yeah. an off-road race that's not even like the main series you know you consider gncc like yeah you know the that's number what one you get series for a gncc show up money yeah well i don't know if mx sports is doing show up money for gncc no but... <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i mean let's face but, it but that's j day 
and Ethan now, who runs it now, being innovative and being like, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what? If yeah. I get Cooper Webb up here to this hillbilly town in Maine, I'm going to get a, a crowd. And he already gets a big crowd at that rate. So yeah. it's like there were so many people there. People – I couldn't go to a dirt bike track or dealership for the next month without hearing about Cooper and Marshall, Robbie Marshall's battle. Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all you heard about. Like, they, right. New England loved it. Like, yeah. Ethan, everything he paid Coop was worth it was because worth it, it brought right. so much hype. And the next year, you go to your sponsors and say, I had Cooper Webb, I had Zach Osborne. Mm-hmm. Look at all these fans. And, like, he's just growing and growing yeah. and growing. Yeah, good for him. Motocross can do that too. It's just got to be done right. Uh, Max's tires. Uh, speaking of motocross and off-road, Max's tires. Uh, soft intermediate, intermediate to hard terrain tires are out. Jeremy McGrath developed these things. Great mountain bike tires, like truck tires. Go to shop.maxis.com. A gift from the guys at uh, Maxis to you, and check them out. Pick your pair. Thank you to Maxis.com for everything they do for this show. Uh, Jace Kessler running Maxis right now in the Nationals, and Roost MX as well. Chris and Christina, Danny, great people. RoostMX.net. Uh, Pulp Nation is the code to save. They have a whole section there for pulp people uh, and use the code Pulp Nation to save. You can get t-shirts, you can get graphics, uh, easy ups, wraps, all that stuff at RoostMX.net. Thank you to those guys. Use the code Pulp Nation to uh, save. Um, Jimmy D, before I let you go, a couple more questions here on uh, yep. on it. Um, so I, I know I've asked you this before, but what's your best JoJo story? Oh, my God. I got a good yeah, – actually, I was just talking to JoJo yesterday. Oh, I love JoJo. We, t- we text he every calls so me often. And I, left the, I left the track yesterday. He calls me and he goes – I hated the fact of you riding that stupid two-stroke at Unadilla. <laughs> I go, why? Yeah. What do you mean? He goes, because you're just chasing the clout and the fans. He's like, you did so good at Southwick. You could go and do a top ten. Why are you not on that 250? Okay. I, JoJo's a he's, wise man. He's got a point, Jimmy. Yes. Okay. And he's he's very – he doesn't mess around. Like, and yeah, I'm yeah. just explaining. He's like, you're just doing it for the clout on the two-stroke. <laughs> and I'm like – and I'm telling my friends in like our group chat, and they're like, "That's why we love JoJo. Like he's such a straight shooter. He just doesn't. He does. He's like, he was just dogging me so hard. Like, what are you doing? And then he's like, "But I did. I will say, I did watch the video. And at least when you do the two stroke, you try. He's like, you went all the way to the end at Dishambo. He's like, he's like, a lot of the other guys that do this stupid quirky two stroke and all this weird stuff and video and talking while ride, like." trying he's like at least you're trying so he's like i'll, so, I'll give that to you but he's so like it's still stupid he's you yelling at you he's like you should be on a bike you can actually compete on i i don't mind that rationale i went on my show a couple weeks ago and yelled about the two-stroke guys because i just don't care that much about it right like i just a lot of people don't i mean but i mean a lot of people do and i get that i understand it but uh i, I myself it depends uh, your situation you know, too my yeah. situation is different i'm not trying to get a job no you're, you're not a job you can't be doing and carson shit. brown like that isn't racing anymore and he shows up at what he's not racing anymore i'm curious he's about making that too much he pretty, no, dude he's making too much money he did really well doing 250 supercross two years ago i know but this ago. this red bull thing and motorsport they don't want so him here's to, my theory yeah. couldn't he do that stuff and still be on a pro circuit or a troy lee no or a i think it's gap. too much too much effort too much work and you know it is right yeah, I, yeah. I i think it's a lot of work yeah. and effort so yeah. what's he gonna do hey guys let's do our three 15 minute motos and then now i gotta go in the woods and do friggin' highlight yeah videos. dude i gotta go ride this xr 100 wide open or something you know so um Man, that's I make no money doing this, man. I should I should step this up. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you got it. Listen, <laughs> he I, makes I, that much money doing what he, he does. He told me he did. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's incredible. You know, you know, hammer amazing. hammer at Red Bull. They're gonna build a whole thing around him. You know, he's gonna 
He's going to ride yeah. at Erzberg. He's going to do a, a 125 Dream Race, a 250 International. Then he's going to do some yeah. flat tracking. Then he's, you know what I mean? That's like a Sipes thing. He's going to, you know, do all this yeah. sorts of neat thing. He's a really great rider, as you know. And so, yeah, like, you know, I think it, I think it'll be all right. Um, yeah. Yeah, you should. You need like you're a popular guy. Everyone likes you. Uh, we, are we on some sort of bonus program with FXR? Or we got to get on something. Oh uh, yeah, it's, I okay. mean, it's very small though. It's just yeah, it's well, a little contingency there. Listen, for sure. Andy, they, Andy, they help me out a lot. Andy, fix fix this up, okay? Andy, fix this up. Um, we got to get you. I some get more bonus. Money. I don't get bonus for local races, but I get some for nationals, Canadian nationals, and I was planning on doing straight rhythm this year, but I don't think they're going to do it. No, no straight rhythm. Um, yeah, that's. So that was something I wanted to do too, but that's that got washed. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I don't know. Like, I just think I think like Hammer said, like doing it on the beach was absolutely the best possible thing. And how how does he how does he get how does he make it better than that? That was his. Yeah, thing, you know, that's um, very true. Okay, another thing. Uh, so, wife and I were talking about a vacation, and I don't know the fucking differences back there between like Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard um uh the hamptons like where where do we go what's cool like i love jaws so martha's vineyards like something i think about but as as a guy up there from there where do we go that's like cool it's it's tough i mean if the thing is if you go to the vineyard in the cape there's everything there really you're like there's so much in the cape to do okay i I mean i think you're going yeah cape cod is awesome um Martha's Vineyard. I've never actually been there. Really? It's awesome oh, okay. Though, too. Yeah. No, I didn't do much exploring, and then I left here for. Uh, I don't know. I left here probably when I was like yeah, fourteen. I, guess. I was only here for like a couple weeks in the summer, and then I just moved back like two years ago. So yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm. I'm re- That's why I don't want to race anymore. I need to do. I need to go do cool shit like go to the vineyard. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I guess you were always it, riding and everything else. So dude, you do nothing fun. You just right. ride dirt bikes. That's um, it. Yeah, I mean, hey man, like like we talked about, like Boston's no... really cool. I will say, have you ever been to Boston? Yeah, we've done Boston. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Done Bo- all that. It's just different than New York. It's just it's smaller, but it's it's a little bit cleaner, and it's just it's just a little different. Like uh, Jamie's mom loves New York, and, and she's like, fine. Like I st- really like Boston now. It's growing on me. I'm like, all right, there you go. The Winnipegger, the Winnipegger. Um, yeah, right. So they see that they see the cities like New York and Boston. They can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. New York is is too much. It's almost too much. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, we did a couple times. I did it after MetLife one year. I'm like, this is this right. is crazy. Uh, all right, so Unadilla this weekend uh, yep. here on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island Life. You're not back full time. Um, and then what's after that? Just back to uh, back to work. Well, my so when I started this whole thing, my plan Celtic wasn't even the big big old the goal. Celtic wasn't the plan. My goal was Foxborough next year. Okay. That was my real goal. I wanted to do Southwick, Unadilla, Daytona next year, Foxborough, race my home Supercross because I'd never done it, and then I wanted to retire for good. But after seeing what I've had to do this year to even compete, <laughs> I think I'm squashing that because, first of all, I'm doing the VIP next year again. Okay, I was going to ask you about so, that. Yeah, so you're back on Yeah, so I'm that. doing yeah. that again. So that would be traveling every weekend, working every week, so basically the way I would have to work it would be I'd work a full week, Monday through Thursday, Friday morning, fly out to the race, work the VIP Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday I'd fly out to Florida or wherever my bike would be, ride that whole week like I'm an athlete again, train for the week, take mm-hmm. work off, fly to VIP, then the next week I'd go back to Mass, work for the whole week, so I would alternate was my plan. But I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? Like, We have dealerships that have emergency cars. like. They call me sometimes right now and mm-hmm. say, hey, this car sold. 
uh, you know, yeah. you weren't, it wasn't here on Monday when you were here, we need it done. Like I got to be around for that stuff. So it's like, I can't. And then what if come February or sorry, December 28th, I break my leg. Now I can't do VIP. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. race and I can't paint cars. All three of my incomes basically yeah. are gone. So I'm, I'm pretty much like Southwick gave me that feeling. Everyone was cheering for me. It was mm-hmm. an awesome feeling. I was, yeah. I just kept saying thank you. Like that's all I could feel was like this is an amazing moment. Like everything I went through, it was just kind of like a perfect day for me. So I'm like, you know what, Unadilla on the 125, and then yeah, I think I'm just not going to do the whole Supercross thing next year. As much as my Supi's a whole thing, dude. It's a lot. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, oh, if I could go out podium my home Supercross and then be done, that'd be amazing. I just don't know if I have it in me. Ah, well, maybe look. I just, you know what it was. What two what was it two years ago? Foxborough, the field was so thin. Everybody was out. Yep. I remember Chiz was filling in, and I was just like, man, I'm like, I could be out there right now, potentially battling for a podium. And I was just like, that was kind of the, I honestly, that was kind of the light switch to where I was mm-hmm. like, I want to, I want to do this. And I knew I'm like, I knew they were going to New York the next year, so I'm like. And hopefully, I don't know if Foxborough is confirmed yet. Or I was going to say, are you year. breaking news here? Because I, I tried to put some feelers up for the schedule. And I have no idea. Yeah, okay. I just heard the last I had talked to one of them during Supercross was they were going to alternate. Yeah. Yeah. So I assumed this whole year. So that was my other thing. I'm like, well, if there's no Foxborough, that's an I easy think, uh, out for me. I think Alabama. Did I hear Alabama's on the schedule? Arkansas? I think I heard that too, actually. Yeah. yeah. Is it Alabama? But I don't know about yeah. Foxborough for sure. Right. So that was kind of like the big thing too. So I'm, I'm honestly though, I'm, I'm pretty much out on it. It would have to be <laughs> a big mindset Look, change for me to want to go to Florida, prep all winter, take the risk of getting hurt, losing yeah, my business. Yeah. Just a lot. Yeah. Don't, don't do It sounds terrible to me. I agree. Not like I, It's a lot of work and supercross is dangerous and you got to be sharp and you got to do a lot of work. And so it's for sure. Wicked dangerous. <laughs> it really is. Look, you can go out on the highest Southwick too, because uh, even Phil was impressed. You know, we talked to him on the show about it. So even Phil was, you know, so there is that. That's wow. Phil is impressed. That's good. Yeah. Even my buddy, uh, Grant Carter, he owns motorbikes plus he's a wicked ball buster. And he even after texting our group chat, just like the strong emoji. And I was like, I'm saving this picture. Okay. I'm like, I'm letting you, I like, you just, you just complimented me. Did he have something something to do with the Manchester team? Um, no, that was, uh, he may have back then, but I think that was Manchester Honda. That was a little bit different. Um, he did have something to do with the John Wall award we did. Uh, for okay. top finishing New England rider, okay. that I, I, the name sounds familiar. I thought maybe I met him back in the day. With yeah, like he's uh, he's a KTM dealer out of right. New Hampshire. He does a lot of volume. He does really good. Well, cool, man. Uh, good. I'm, I got all my questions answered because I was like, "What the hell?" He's here. He is in Canada now. He's on 25. Then he's doing Southwick. Uh, you know, yeah, I, it's like, just a little have, farewell. To right. Him. I'm like, is he having a midlife crisis? What's he doing? Is yeah. he, you know. So now I know. Yeah, I didn't quite yeah. understand. No, I'm good. I'm I'm very good. happy. I'm. I'm happier now than I was racing, and I, I think it's hard for a lot of people to understand that. But yeah, yeah, you you understand that because you've oh, yeah. seen the industry and how hard it is. And I just I remember I, seeing Thrasher this year get second, and he's just devastated. He was hurt, and he suffered through that injury. And well, not he, only like I could just see it on his face, and I'm like, man, <clears throat> I'm like, I don't want that. And this poor kid just got second right now. Like, not only that, like I think people see Jimmy D at JGR and is like. 
oh dude he's making so much money like yeah dude <laughs> dude like yeah th- th- that ride was not much money and and, no. and you know and then the I pressure was 60 grand my yeah. first year on factory suzuki right grand. right exactly like your deal and my helmet deal Amart like, Amart took all I the made, money. One made one podium for ten grand. You do the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you and you're, you're you know you're you're paying a I trainer. Barely, you're barely cracked six figures to yeah. risk my life. Yeah, absolutely. It's not and the purse money. It's better now, but the two fifty supercross purse money not good, especially back when you raced. Um, yes. So like I think from the outside people are like oh like I I guarantee you if it, your JGR days if you were to just take a poll of 100 Supercross fans that walk by the JGR truck, how much money is Jimmy D making? They're like, oh, that's 250. 300. Yeah, 250, 300. All Easy. the, you know, and, and like, no, like these rides for regional Supercross stuff is you, not. You need you to know. be, you need to be the past champion to get anything over four or 500 in 250 class. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, and near that. Like, I remember Jeremy's deal on Geico was somewhere around that, but I'm like, he just won two outdoor, yeah, uh, outdoor yeah. title. Like, what, of hey, course, that's what he's uh, getting. Of course, I'm getting friggin' no salary. Troll Train crushed it though, JGR. Troll Train ma- made it. Oh, th- he crushed he did it. Awesome, <laughs> dude. He did so good I on know. that bike. I and I, w- I will say, I'm on a different brand now, and that bike was fine. I like my Suzuki. Yeah, dude. yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I like my bike. I literally had no problems with. I it. I saw you. I think were you on the same coast as Troll one year? On. JGR? No, mm, no, no okay. we were split that year. He was east on, I went west. I watched him. Uh, there was some big jump out of a turn, and he was one of the first guys to do it. And I'm like, first of all, A, he's not a supercross guy. B, this jump takes a lot of bottom end power. And he was doing it no problem on RM Army. Like, it was, it yeah. was decent. And don't know? get me wrong, J Boom, like, picked me, Peters, Martin. Like, we were little dudes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Like I know, I know Bowers was looking for that ride, and like <laughs> I know that might have played a role in it. Yeah, they're like, dude, there's no way, but right? We had Dean, like Dean, Dean Baker. Dean knew yep. what he was doing. Like yeah. I, I remember getting on the new, the new Suzuki, and they were all like, "Oh, it's going to be so much better, faster." And I'm like, "It's a little better," but I'm like, the old bike wasn't that bad. I'm like, the chassis was better. I'm like, yeah. I just like the chassis more. Right. Right. Yeah, like I was so little, and like I never, I never struggled with power much. I was always uh, true changing my suspension chassis guy. That's just who I am. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. The 125, you're you're fitting, per, you fit perfectly for that thing. I'm sure. Yeah, that's. I wish the, one, the nationals were only 125. Then I'd come back. <laughs> uh, thanks for the time, Jimmy D. I really appreciate catching up. Uh, I'm sure the listeners will like it too. Good job on this uh, at Southwick. Really good job, and even fifth. Thank you. Fifth in that first moto 125 in Canada. I know it's Canada, but that's still that's way legit. It so, was good. I was pumped on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for the time. Appreciate. It. We'll see you at Unadilla, man. No problem, Steve. I'll see you there. See you. Bye. Thanks to Jimmy D on the FXR Racing Race Tech Suspension Privateer Island podcast. Uh, really nice to catch up to him, and uh, now we know what he's doing. Uh, Pulp23, the code to save at Zools, Z-L-U-Z. Help Zools, uh, let Zools help pack your passion. Uh, all the bags are, at Zools are overbuilt and underpriced. They pride themselves on offering not only quality but practical functionality as well. Whether you're traveling for work, pleasure, or simply hauling your kids to the never-ending sporting events, we understand the wear and tear the luggage goes through. Zools was born from an extensive background in the luggage and moto industry. They make a ginormous bag. If there is a bag, if you're in the market for, like, the biggest motocross gear bag ever, Zools has it. Check it out. Z-U-L-Z. Pulp 23 is the code to save with those guys. Again, Roost MX, Firepower, Maxis, all on board with us. I talked about Namira Concepts off the top. Thank you to FXR Racing. Thank you to um, Racetech as well for coming on board. And thank you, people, for listening. All right. Till next time.